0: The boss called me up and said, Come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk.
1: It's time for expert analysis from the best in the game. This is Me, She's Wrestling with Mike Davidson. I'm a former producer of wrestling, and I had to tell people, here's
0: what I need in a promo, here's what I need in a match, and here's why you have to do it. You tried to be cute, you tried to be clever, and you came off undervaluing the guy the promoter is paying thousands of dollars to get into the ring with you. Special guest star, the Becca,
1: Shane Madison, Madison.
2: Joseph something that the mecca shane madison has had to deal with my entire life
1: it doesn't matter because i
2: guarantee that the mecca
1: will win
3: and producer chris he's just a money-making machine that guy Uh, somebody who's featured regularly on their program i don't think he's gonna be able to take enough time away from his other adventures
0: the guy is a mogul and now
1: she's wrestling she's
0: wrestling it's episode eighty one of the B She's Wrestling Show. Are you ready, producer Chris? You know it. Are you ready, Mecca Shane Madison? I'm ready. I mean, are you really ready, Mecca Shane Madison? Could not be more. You ready. You have gone over and above talking about how you're going to win this rumble to remember. I last I heard, there's Fitty guys in there, Fitty, and you say you're going to win. The betting odds wouldn't put put it that high for you. Well, it would put. You, well, actually, considering who's in there, like. If Adam Knights in there, you have a hundred times better chance of winning it. Just gotta than watch him. the slap. Yeah, watch the slap. Yes, that's his finisher. Um, well, who's your money on? I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna bet on Ultimo Dragon because I bet he's not in to get his title match. I'm in a January. little bit choked
2: if you don't. Uh, James
0: slash Sam Ross. I th- okay. So the inside booker, the inside, the armchair GM, the the Monday morning booker in me says the smart money if a bu- if booking it mm-hmm. is that Shane Madison could win it and go will to, win it yeah i'm saying that's what i said yeah well, that's, that's good could are smart man it. i said could win it and he would then go to the rumble to remember against champion anniversary show yeah sorry yeah
2: at a yet to be determined date and venue, and venue.
0: against mentalo
2: if he is still the champion yep
0: yes against mentalo or ultimo <laughs> dragon because that's who he's is he defending the title against ultimo
2: I, yeah, he is. There you go. There's he a was. lot of time well, in between Mecca now. Mecca versus
0: Ultimo Dragon has always been my dream match. Now? When I'm put, putting <laughs> to, when I'm putting together lineups, I've always said, if I've got Ultimo Dragon, I better put him in there with the Mecca Shane Madison. What would happen? Yeah. Um, are you ready? conditionally? speaking more than
2: mentally, physically, are you ready? Well, let's just say this. I mean, we've done all the promos. Yeah, we sent in all the promos. We've sent in the entrance music.
0: You've sold as many tickets as you could, so you'll get a pop.
2: I have people flying in from Salt Lake City for this show. To watch. To watch. Not to hit the ring and help you win. <laughs> Two flights from Salt Lake City. Seize, Lee's. Sees, Lee's, Sees. Yes. There's really nothing more to say. I mean, well, there's I've, more to say, I've done everything I need to do. I've made my intentions crystal clear. I'm going into this thing, and it's not going to be easy. It's 50 guys.
0: Are you nervous?
2: No. Okay. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm I'm so focused on this. This has been like, I've been just thinking about this relentlessly yep. for the last two months yep. since the Back to School Bash. And this will be the biggest, most important show of the year. Okay. And I want everybody to buy a ticket if there's any left. Yep. Because you're going to see something really special and you're going to see the beginning of this story.
0: Friday night, Don't November 17th. It's CWE's November... The show isn't all about you today, by
2: the way. We've got well, something important be.
0: coming. <laughs> Third, Friday night, November 17th, it's CWE's Rumble to Remember at Holy Eucharist Hall.
2: This Friday. Yeah, You got it. This Friday. Tickets, Tickets.com. Good luck. It's better to get them online, I will tell you. And I will also tell you, there are not many left. How are you going to get a commission if you sell them online? You should tell them to call your personal cell well, phone and you can get the the spiff. Let me tell you... It, Putting out that website is costing me a lot of commission. Yes. But at the same time, I'd rather go to the company so it's used to further the product. All right. I'm a company guy. You know that, Mike Davidson. The
0: Mecca Shane Madison is returning Rumble to Remember this Friday night. More importantly, in episode 81, we're getting on the phone. We're doing an interview. One of the biggest moments of 2023 in the Canadian wrestling scene, not just local wrestling scene, was a horrific injury that happened in a CWE ring to Robbie Royce, who's a legend of local wrestling. He's been so gracious with his time. He's going to join us after the break and he is going to be, he's going to open up. We need to hear it. This episode of Bees She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online
3: and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code she's That code is B-E-E-Z-S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in person collectible store.
0: If you have followed Winnipeg Wrestling at any level, with any degree of interest over the last 30 years, I guarantee you're familiar with Robbie Royce, and for good reason. He was one of the best. He is one of the best. He has carved out a career and a legacy in Winnipeg Wrestling that is almost second to none. It is probably second to none. Um, Unfortunately, on September 8th, a career-threatening injury that was probably the most major injury I know of, in local wrestling happened. And uh, it changed not only Robbie Royce's wrestling career, but it probably changed the man behind Robbie Royce's life. And today he joins us and we're gonna talk about it. How are you doing today, Robbie Royce?
4: Uh, Well, obviously I've been better, but uh, I'm glad to be with you guys. I
0: appreciate you making time for us. So let's go back. Let's start with what what people wanna know. September 8th, you're in a tables, ladders, and chairs tag team match for the CWE tag team titles. It's team impact. You and Anderson Tyson Moore against Red Hot Summer, and uh, freak accident happens, and your your life changes. What happened yeah. to cause the injury?
4: Uh well, we uh, Anderson Tyson Moore and myself had uh, one of uh, Red Hot Summer. I believe it was Bryce Bentley laid on a laid on a, on a on a ladder, and we've done this spot before where. I go up to the top rope and ATM hooks me up and we do basically a sacrifice Spanish fly and we we crash through. He hits me with the move on top of our opponent. Well what we didn't take into consideration was normally we do this like from the corner, like it out onto a table or something. But the ladder was set up the the ladder that Bentley was laying on was connected on one end to the ropes so we kind of did it not so much from the post but more off the, like close to the corner of the rope if that makes sense and we didn't quite get the rotation and um, I mean I've only watched the footage once because it's kind of hard for me to watch at at the moment but um, I came down directly on the top of my head and broke my neck so if it's hard to
0: watch it's probably hard to talk about I appreciate you doing this with us. Um, um
4: Yeah, it's uh first first few days it was very difficult to to even think about but I mean I've uh, I've had plenty of time to think about it and actually process and uh, I, I, I'm a, I'm in a little bit better place to talk about it now.
0: I appreciate that. So when it happened did you know instantly, oh man, I am, I am really messed up.
4: Well, okay. This is going to sound kind of funny because I'm a person that doesn't really believe in like afterlife and spiritual things and stuff like that. But when I hit, I, I knew instantly something was wrong. And, uh, I believe I've told this story to Jeff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it's kind of like out of a movie. I, I, actually was watching myself from above the ring watching down as the things progressed and it's like I could see an at ATM you know, squeeze my arm to see if I'm okay I could see myself barely shaking it off but barely shaking them off and then um, then the next thing I, it was like a the next thing I can uh, recall is and I've got a very scary picture of this as well to, to actually prove the point is I've I remember being just staring directly at uh, people in the crowd, not blinking, nothing, just bug-eyed, and thinking, "Oh my God, I'm dead." And at that exact time, I I distinctly recall seeing somebody in the crowd talk to the person he was sitting next to, and he said, "Oh my God, I think he's dead." Oh, wow! Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you managed to leave the ring on your own, right?
4: But we finished the match. Yes. <laughs>
2: okay. And, um, and went to the after
4: party. Yeah. Well, I actually got to the back, had a couple of drinks just to, uh, try to, I, I thought I just, you know, like give myself a stinger, or, you know, like tweak something then went to the after party. And then, uh, I went home and I was in such pain that, and I mean, this isn't going to be the most professional thing in the world, but I, uh, I drank every drop of alcohol I had in the house to just try, try to black out because this pain was something that I had never felt before. And when that wasn't working, I decided, I finally you know, decided to uh, check the ego and I went to the hospital. And within 45 minutes, I was in surgery.
0: Oh, man. So the same night you get home, you go to the, you try to cope with the pain. Then you end up going to the hospital that night or is it the next morning?
4: Well, basically the morning. Cause like I said, I, I did everything possible to try to just block out. I mean, after all I had a show the next morning. So I, uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately I didn't make that one, obviously. Okay. And so you go to the, do-
0: you, you go to the hospital, they put you right in the surgery. What is your first memory after you go to the hospital?
4: Um, well, <laughs> things may get a little jumbled here because, uh, I was actually there twice, but throughout the duration of like four, the last forty-five days, um, was my stay in, in total. But um, when I woke up, um, obviously I had on a, a hard collar brace, and uh, I remember not being able to feel my toes. Um, I had a little bit of movement in my legs, but not very much. And uh, <laughs> after that. Um, it was, it was a long recovery. Actually, they, I, um, for the, just from the original surgery, I, uh, I kept fading in and out. And then when I finally did come to my first thing to do was, and this is going to sound stupid, but, um, when I finally got my phone back, I messaged Danny saying, I'm sorry, I missed the show. Uh, I started messaging ATM and everybody. And then I said, don't worry, guys, you know, I'll just be out till I'll just miss this Unfortunately, the rest of September and October booking, I'm good for November.
0: That's the heart you have, though, right? You want to get back in. You 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 think of recovery first, and you don't think about the steps you're going to need to take.
4: Um, you know, there's, there's I've again, I've had time to process this, but uh, there's very few guys that I, I think that are hardwired the same way as I am. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, guys like like Jeff, and uh, they, they look after their bodies first. Um, and you know, I've seen guys, uh, you know, hurt themselves once. Oh, that's it. I'm out. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that, that's just not the way I am. Um, you know, I've, while obviously this is the, the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I've, I've ruined, you know, jobs, relationships, friendships over this business just because how much I love it. And, um, yeah, I just, I my first thought was, nope, this is nothing. Don't worry. I'll be back at it. And um, sorry, sorry. Now it is going to get a little hard, but um, I do recall um, after after the first week, they let me go home, and um, I didn't think I was ready, but I was just happy to get out of there. Obviously, and three days later, I was back because I was in so much pain. I I checked myself back in, and they uh, instant uh, right away there was I had uh, severe infections in my neck from the staples, and I had there was a mass of blood hematoma so i had to go under undergo um, two more surgeries there yeah so okay so and royce
2: it was vertebrae what is it your c6 and uh, seven that were that were
4: my my c3 four five, six, and seven okay. were all were all either fused or uh, or have been replaced so what does the do-
0: uh, so what does the doctor say to you when you wake up from surgery not knowing what what you've been through, because you would go there, you were first thing in the morning after, and then you go into surgery forty five minutes later. What's the first
4: thing you remember the doctor telling you? Um, that uh, that I was actually very lucky to be alive. Um, while while we talked when we talked about the actual incident and everything, the one of the doctors actually looked up the match online and watched with me. And that was that was the hard one, and I that's I couldn't watch it after that. But uh, they they came back and they just told me, and uh, part of my French here, but said, "Are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Because you know <laughs> here and, and the fact that I finished the match. Um, every doctor will tell you the same thing: is oh, well, you, you won't be doing that again, right? Yeah. My my initial thought, other than other than uh, you know, like I'll be back in the right away, is uh, once once the infections kicked in and i had to go back in now my my second surgery when when i went in for the infections they had to actually do two epidural spinal uh, like drill two holes right into my spine and uh, add another rod so it really put the prognosis of me ever wrestling again uh, (laughs) it, it lowered my chances huge yeah um
0: now you go through all of this in the lengthy recovery, you were in the hospital. For how many days? Forty-five days in total. Forty-five days. How do yeah. you? How do you? As it all processes, what? What's your emotional state of mind through forty-five days of that? That's pure hell. Uh,
4: well, uh, I'll, I'll. To be very honest, if it hadn't been for guys like and I, I, I have to admit, Jeff, I think was one of the very first ones. Show up, uh, the amount of support from the boys, you know, my. The boys are the boys, like whether we fight or anything, like we are, this is a brotherhood with family. I can't believe the uh, the turnout of people that would come and would say hi and, you know, just sit and visit for a bit, uh, text, call, whatever. And uh, uh, at certain times, that was the only thing that, that kept me uh, kind of sane. Yeah. There was there was um i actually have a story where i would go through i'd be i'd be absolutely bawling just like I'm an emotional wreck and then 30 seconds later i'm just angry and i'm angry at the fact that wrestling was taken away from me i'm re- angry at the fact that i did this to myself i'm angry at the fact that it happened to me you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and uh there was it, it was so bad that uh, in the middle of the night, I kind of had a, they had to sedate me because the, the nurse that was trying to help me, I was, I was, uh, having kind of like a psychotic episode. And, uh, I actually heard her say after, after they sedated me, as I'm falling asleep, I can hear her say that she didn't feel comfortable working, uh, being around me anymore. Oh man. And I didn't see her again until I wanted to apologize. I saw her uh, a week later. She'd actually taken a few days off because of the episode that had happened that night. And, uh, she just, she, <laughs> in funny, she just played it off. Like it never happened. She never brought it up again. So I didn't, I didn't bring it up again. And I just said, Oh, I missed you. You know? And she, she kept her distance, but, uh, you know, you could tell that whatever I had done that night had, uh, kind of freaked her out. <sighs> So, and you can, if you don't want to go
0: here, you don't have to. But the anger you felt was—it was any of it channeled to the guys you were in the ring with, or to yourself? Because, like, it, when you when you think about it, is there something that drives you to think, oh, it shouldn't have happened?
4: No, I, I mean, nothing towards anybody else. It was my anger was all towards me. It was. Almost felt like self-pity as well. It was just like, why? Why me of all people? But, um, no, I have I have no ill regard to, like, it's nobody's fault. Fluke um, is a fluke. It's nature of the business. I mean, it's not, uh, definitely not ballet, right?
0: Yeah. Okay, so the doc. so 45 days later, you leave the hospital. What do the doctors say the quality of life will be for Robbie Royce? And
4: how will you now... Go forward. Uh, I'll just throw in here that uh, there was there was one time that I was supposed to during that time I was supposed to come home, and uh, at one po- like the the in the middle of the night, and I'm I'm supposed to be discharged first thing in the morning. I had gotten up to go for a walk, and I came back, and all of a sudden I felt this burning sensation all down my back, and I'm screaming for pain pills, and uh, the next thing I know, I can feel this weird tingling coming up one of my legs then it comes up the other one and um i had no idea what happened but i was paralyzed from waist down and as the doctors grabbed my arms all of a sudden i couldn't feel my arms they and of course they're doing their mandatory you know uh please sir what's your name what's your name and then all of a sudden i couldn't speak and then 30 seconds later the the speaking and the the upper body movement came back but i i was um i was technically paralyzed twice from the leg down during my stay, wow. uh, and during all this, I've had to uh, relearn how to walk again, which is very, very humbling, considering everything that uh, you know I'm used to being able to do and everything. But um, it's uh, very slow. Like uh, I mean, today, just, I it was I was having a feeling it was want a little bit of a better day and walking around a little bit cautiously. And then I, my legs just gave out and I collapsed.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, so the story you tell about the paralyzation, is that the worst of it that you remember? Or... Y-
4: yes. For the simple fact that I could feel it. Yeah. Right. Because, Like when, when, when I actually felt myself losing sensation in my legs and it, it, coming up my body it was almost like you know dipping yourself into water you can feel like that you know like the the water rising up on you i could feel the pain rising up on me or the i could feel the sensation rising up my body and um that that was truly terrifying because now i'm thinking you know like am i going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life um like when i couldn't speak the first thing i thought was uh i'm having a stroke am i gonna die yeah wow so
0: here we are today is the worst past. Are you on like, are you on a steady road to recovery or is there, um, how is that? Uh, how is it today?
4: I'd, I'd like to say the worst is past, but it's, it, it's going to be very difficult. It's my, my whole way of life is, um, is completely changing now. So, um, you know, like, like I said, walking just, to the fridge you know I gotta I gotta hang on to walls um uh they've they've the doctors have told me that you know the the early process will be I can't lift anything more than they're, they're saying five pounds uh for at least three months and uh I put that to the test just by grabbing a couple of things out of the fridge and sh- the shooting pain right up my neck right in through my arm was just incredible so uh, they weren't lying about the 5 pounds.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm almost at a loss. Like I can imagine how hard it is for you to tell the story. It's hard to hear the story. Like this is you're a guy that could do anything in the ring and recover from anything. Um how how are you doing emotionally right now? Um
4: It's it miss. Like uh I'm I'm okay as far as dealing with it. Uh you know, like I've had great support with my kids. Um, obviously my friends and everything like that. So if I start to let my mind wander a little bit too much, it, it gets rough because, you know, I start thinking about wrestling again and that's when, uh, that's when I start to break down again.
0: Okay. Part of what I wanted to talk about today was Robbie Royce's wrestling career. Are you okay going there? Uh, we can discuss it. Yeah. Okay. Anytime that it goes someplace you don't want to talk about just, Just change, just tell me no. Um, Nope, nope. nope. So you've had a career of many highs. Yep. I I have a theory what your biggest high was, but what would you say is the number one moment that you wish you could go back and relive in Robbie Rose's career? Me versus Steve Carino at La Rendezvous. La Rendezvous, is that the night, that's the night you won the...
4: North American title, yes.
0: Yes, okay, let's go back there. I don't know if anyone's ever heard you go deep dive on that. Tell us about that night and why that's where you'd go relive it.
4: Um. Well, uh, with that one, it was uh, one of the first times that, you know, a promoter booked in a name that, um, I mean, back then when you locally, there was guys like uh, other companies were bringing in like, uh, I, I believe like Jim Neidhart and stuff like that. And of course, you know, the, the name comes in, does his you know little stick so that the crowd goes home happy and everything. And but Carino came in and uh, worked his ass off, and then we shocked everybody by me winning the title. It was um, it was a well kept secret to the point that uh, even my own, even the guys in my own locker room had no idea. They were watching from upstairs in um, in a viewing area, and when it was one, two, three. They, uh, they're they all waiting for you know, a decision to be reversed or something, and uh, it just didn't happen. It was it was very unheard of. Yeah. And the reason for that was that uh,
0: they were transitioning Steve from being the NWA North American title to a couple days later, he became the NWA world champion, right? Uh, yeah, within a week. How much of that was Ernie taking good care of his top guy and using his NWA pull?
4: Um, I, I think it had a great deal to do with it. I'm sure it was him wanting the uh, big feather in his cap. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as it was a better moment for myself than him. Oh yeah, you got to.
0: And Steve Carino to this day puts that match over as one of his favorites ever. Right. right. I was
2: at that show. That was an outstanding match. I remember it. I remember it vividly. Yeah. What does Steve say about that match?
4: Um, oh, he he loves it. Uh, I know he's he's been quoted in like uh, several books and stuff like that, and. Uh, as uh me being in his you know top five or ten guys that he's ever worked with. And actually a couple of years ago when I found when I found a copy of the match, my son um, visualized it and threw it up online and Steve was so happy. He was we we were talking back and forth for a couple of weeks about it. It was nice to see the match still holds up to this day actually. Around that time,
0: your your time around 2000-2001 for CWF and Ernie Todd. You were the king of the territory, and and the leader of the pack. And your work spoke very loudly for itself, and it was untouched. Um, what what during that time? What what are other some of the other highlights of your of your run during that time?
4: Oh, I'd say uh, the garage sale. <laughs> <laughs> the garage sale. That was that was the. That was definitely the end of CWF, but um, yeah,
2: you have to tell that story. You see,
4: Derek Dalton has a version that he's been telling forever. Is it accurate? And, uh, <laughs> to a degree, to a degree, <laughs> he he claims that there's uh, there was many many tears <laughs> shed by myself to sell the points to Ernie, that to make it seem like I didn't want to do this and everything, but that didn't happen. Okay. Um, while, while I did, while I did express to Ernie that, you know, I wish, I wish that it didn't have to come to this. Um, and I did, you know, show empathy and everything. Um, I think the, the highlight of the, of the, the group of us, uh, assisted suicide, uh, assisted suicide, Mike angels, Darren Dalton, and myself quitting at quitting CWF wrestling, uh, like the five, the, the the five of us leaving, uh, and we were like CWF core, his top tor- core guys. It would have been like the radicals leaving WCW, basically. Yeah,
2: that's exactly what. But it was. the fact that you did it at a garage sale was hilarious.
4: Well, okay. okay, hang on, <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on a sec. The idea was we were supposed to go down to the CWF training center, so, so we head down there, and we'd all. So the problem was, here's what had happened. The, a few days before, we had gone to a top rope championship wrestling show at the LID. Mm-hmm. And we were very disgruntled at the time and stuff like that. <laughs> and before you know it, uh, we were all in the back talking and uh, jumping over. And had decided to jump over So Now, on the Sunday, we had agreed we're all going to meet up. We're going to go down to the training center and we're going to get Ernie to come down and we're going we're to do this face-to-face. And the center's locked up. He's not. He's not there. So I call him, and he's like, "No, no, I'm having a garage sale, boys. Come down." <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> arena. Come buy some spoons. Yep. Perfect arena to
0: to have a very
4: serious conversation. So we drive down to his house, and uh, we pull up in front, and sure as sure as hell, there's Ernie in a pair of shorts and a tank top, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he's got kids toys, I should say. And, uh, he goes, my boys, my boys. are here." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, everybody kind of pushes me forward now. Right. And, uh, so I proceed to, you know, tell Ernie that we're unhappy. And, uh, I mean, obviously it's it's got nothing to do with the books because I was the booker. Right. I mean, things were matches wise and everything, um, Things were great. It was it was Ernie getting in the way of Ernie, basically, that was killing us. We went from went from um, Matt shows with uh, Corino, uh, me and Paul Diamond the the, the month before uh, with um, when Sabu was supposed to, when Sabu no showed, and uh, that was that was probably like in, that's easily my top five matches of all time. But um, it went from the place being packed. To, there was all of a sudden like 200 people in rendezvous which it holds I, I think it held five or six hundred at the time and we it was all because Ernie wouldn't bother promoting he wouldn't put up posters and we were, were arguing with him but he goes well oh, they know it's there they'll come <laughs> and, and that that was that was it for us and then he started he started stepping on every aspect of the booking that I was doing it didn't matter what the segment was, he had to be involved. He became the uh, the Eric Bischoff, or how, how you want to, however you want to look at it. He just couldn't do it anymore.
2: And actually, so when, when we, you when you came over to top rope, Royce, you and I had a got off to a little bit of a bumpy start there too. Yeah,
4: you know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> in, in all honesty, I can chalk up part of that to myself um during that time period during the CWF time period. I had a chip on my shoulder bigger than anybody, mm-hmm. and I I don't regret that at all because that's who made me who I was in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was untouchable because because of that chip. Mm-hmm. But people read it the wrong way. Um, Jeff, you were you were friends with Darren Dalton, and you know so I, there was transition that way. But I hadn't really had like I, other than other than with uh, certain guys that were in top rope like uh, Mike and uh, I believe Vance was still there and Brian Jewell and that Uh, other than certain guys, I didn't have a lot of familiarity or a bond with them. And uh, leading up to that, the us joining top rope, there was an incident uh, where Tony had ran a, a very rare Winnipeg show at um, some bar. I can't remember where it was, but he decided to, book trcw guys and C O V F guys and at one point i walked into both dressing rooms which were a mix of everybody and i just looked at a group full of guys that i remember it being the first time i saw axe and johnny malibu and rob stardom and a few of these guys and i can just walk in and i can go i can outwork all you motherfuckers and i walked away
0: <laughs> yeah that probably went over well didn't it <laughs>
4: Yeah,
2: so, <laughs> I love it. But,
4: but when uh, the as far as uh, the the bumpy start between Jeff and I, I again, you know, ego driven and everything like that. There was uh, some people thought that I came in, and I was politicking right away and stuff like that, or I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to fall in line, be a company player, like with finishes and that. And when in retrospect, I just did what I was told, and I had to offer a suggestion if somebody said, "Great, change it." it was changed. If it didn't get changed, it didn't. But as far as I can recall, certain guys, MVP, uh, would, uh, <laughs> they, 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 they thought I was uh, taking liberties and, uh, uh, you know, just trying to take over.
0: Okay. I got to, I got to take you back somewhere. We, we kind of buried what, how did the conversation go with Ernie at the garage sale that led to you quitting?
4: Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, sorry to take you back. Yeah. No problem. Um, so, while this is going on like Ernie literally was like i I'll say almost on the verge of of tears and he was um, do you do an imitation you know, so i I used to be able to, but honestly um my my voice is kind of scratchy so it's gonna it's gonna end up just not coming across right but okay. uh, he started he started uh, with but but you're we're going to we're going to Florida for the for the anniversary show and this is you're the champion and, and while I'm the one sitting here. Like he, like he keeps saying assisted suicide and uh, uh, myself and assisted suicide and Darren Dalton and Mike angels is standing right there. He goes, and I'm right here, Ernie, <laughs> I, Like complete, completely ignoring Mike angels. And while all, and while, you know, it's like you're trying to break up with that, that girlfriend, right. That just doesn't want to let it go. What's Darren Dalton doing? Hey, Ernie, how much for this Barney toy? Oh we Trying to break the does. tension. Exactly. Right. <sighs> just, to play the oh, no, no, Royce is Royce is the big meanie here. No, that's exactly what it was. <laughs>
2: it's four dollars for that blender,
4: four dollars for yeah.
0: everybody else, eight dollars for you, you <laughs> quitter.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, so because uh, you know, we, I mean, um, we've talked about the garage sale on the podcast so many times, but I don't think anybody actually knows, yeah,
0: because no one was there. What's the details? For, yeah, we've all heard about yeah, it,
2: which is so good. Um, so Ernie, did he
0: cry
4: or no? Um, it, uh, it, 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 was, it was yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. So I mean, there was a lot of whining. There was a lot of pleading.
1: Um, <laughs> spider, but, wait till I get spider on the phone.
4: Yeah. Sp- oh man, that's that's a completely different story on that one. So, the, <laughs> um, but it got to the point where, uh, as uh, you know, as I said, no, I'm you know, I'm not changing my mind. You know, this is it. This is it. Uh, then all of a sudden he got angry. I want my belt back. I want my belt back. <laughs>
0: right? It's actually so not your I, belt, Ernie. It's the NWA's. I,
4: I, and that's exactly what I said to him. <laughs> so by the time I got home, I had, uh, I already had messages on my machine from, uh, I believe it was Bill Barron's at the time was, or, or Howard Brody. <laughs> Bob Trobik,
0: maybe the lawyer. Cause I got a letter from
4: him once. No, <laughs> no, it was, it was whoever was the vice president of uh, you know, Ernie was the vice president or was Ernie president
0: uh, at that time. Ernie became president in 2004 or five. Okay. So, so I,
4: it, it might've been Barron's then, yeah. uh, you know, him wanting me, uh, like, I he, bet you it was it Howard was,
0: Brody actually.
4: You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Brody. Um, but he was, uh, he tried to, he, when I called him back, to um, discuss things with him, he he was trying to screw over Ernie. He did, <laughs> this is this is a little fact that not a peop- lot of people know. Is rather than me quit because of because of Ernie, he was trying to get me booked in Chicago and stuff like this. And um, but uh, you know, but but you would have to work for Ernie locally. And when I refused that, then of course I had to return the belt to uh, you know or. Uh, face severe legal matters and this and that. So I gave up the belt, you know, it was, let's, let's put it that way. That's how bad, you know, how bad it was working with Ernie when you're giving up uh, an opportunity like that to give back the belt. Ernie made Ernie made plans with me to meet up in in public. uh, So there could, you know, couldn't be any incidents or whatever to return the belt. I show up and he sent caveman Broda to come pick up the belt because he couldn't face me face to face.
0: Well, at least he didn't send the muscle, right? Caveman was the <laughs> nicest guy on his roster. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. So that was, I love that walk down memory lane. We went through ah. the thing that you would relive. Is there anything other than the night of September 8th that you wish you could go back and change? Um, Like I said,
4: um, maybe how, uh, you know, some of the boys perceived me at times but at the same time that as i said that that chip on my shoulder made me what i was so if i came across as an asshole and a dick i was but it was it was also it was out of competition like competitiveness right like back then you don't and i and i hate saying this but you don't see a lot of that now and i'm not don't mean just locally but like back then you had two rival companies with however many wrestlers, and w- one mat, you, you know everybody watched everybody's matches and everybody tried to outdo everybody else. And that, I think, I mean, we had our own version of like the Monday Night Wars here, and it was it was real. I mean, guys, guys hated guys from other companies, and they they tried their damnedest to outshine everybody else. I definitely agree um, with
0: you. I know as a booker, we were always. Okay, what what can we do to get one step ahead or keep up by taking one step forward. It was always a grander vision than any one thing. And it was yep. you were driven by what the other guy tried to do or what the other if the other guy fumbled, you were quickly trying to get momentum, seize the momentum. That that mm-hmm. competition led to the fans a lot of times thought it was petty politics, but they were getting treated to the best absolute best effort from everybody.
4: Oh, 100%.
2: Yeah.
0: 100% Hey so, Royce,
2: a question. Why why did you want to come over to Top Rope Championship Wrestling? I'm just get I'm just I wanted to hear your side of things. Like obviously we were kind of firing on all cylinders. Like what did you see over there that was appealing to you considering your uh, lengthy stay with the CWF?
4: Well, it was uh Okay, first first uh, first off, it was you know the the bar setting, right? It was it was working for adults and stuff like that. Now,
5: mm-hmm.
4: while we we were running like comers and stuff like that, which I mean, everybody anybody who's anybody has worked the local scene has knows. You know, you you worked your your kid friendly shows and that, The rendezvous shows were were always edgy. But the 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 TRC TRCW show that I'd seen was uh, at the bar. It was it was edgier. It uh, I, I started watching, uh, I, I believe, Mike, you were booking at the time, right? I think the
0: night you came to watch and jumped, I was either fired that night or I was one week removed as booker. <laughs> it was a very, it was, it was a very, the timing was amazing.
4: Okay. Well, um, I I remember seeing guys in the ring like uh, Omega was, Omega was just starting. Uh, Mentor was still coming into his own. Uh, Ryan Wood, uh, the whole. I'll give you props. uh, The whole MVP Um, presentation—it was just—I looked at it as fresh, new challenges. Right in in CWS, I'd done everything. Everything I had, I had feuded and teamed and feuded again with uh, Darren Dalton and uh, assisted suicide in every kind of match possible. Right, like tables, ladders, and chairs, uh, cages, everything, and wall. Uh, I, I felt stagnant, and I looked at it as okay. New guys to work, new the the possible the possibilities for for new new things. Where it was just too much for uh, me to to ignore. Good
0: good point. Um, at that time when you made the jump, Paul Diamond had just left Winnipeg from like stopped working CWF and moved, and then you yeah. left. How? why is that why Ernie could never recover locally like he it was it was a sudden snap of the fingers and he lost everyone
4: Um, Paul Diamond went back uh, went moved back to Texas because his uh, he'd been here because he came back to Winnipeg for just a year year and a half uh, because his father was in poor health and uh, when his father passed away uh, Canada wasn't for him anymore he was too used to living in the States and he he left, and then when we left, I don't know whether anybody wants to admit it or not. The, the guys that jumped to TRCW were were his core guys, were his radicals, and you guys were the out. heart
2: and soul.
0: Yeah, it left him like, with no. just Spider and Easy Rider, and and then
4: uh, Easy Easy had only come back after I left, actually. Okay, I think I think, but uh, he didn't yeah. he didn't have like the way. I, I can't speak for like how that locker room was afterwards. I, I do know that Ernie would have had his hands on everything and nobody would have was able to ever able to, I'll, I'll say control even in, manipulate Ernie the way I could. Like I would give Ernie X amount of rope so that he would leave all my stuff alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it made for a good product. Well, when we left, I'm sure Ernie was just all over everything except for letting Spider do what Spider wanted to do. As far as I know. I mean, again, I, I had no contact with anybody from CWF at that point.
0: So you were persona non grata. There was nobody calling and telling you what was going on. Nobody saying, hey, oh, I no. want to jump to No, no. No, no,
4: no I was... Uh, you were I the enemy gonna...
2: back then because it was very segmented, right? Like you, either you're with us or against us type thing. I remember that time. Yeah. Right. How...
4: how... You know, so soon. I, up- hang, on, hang on, hang on one second, Mike. I I, I distinctly remember it. I mean, um, and I think this this goes towards uh, some of the animosity between uh, guys like Jeff and myself when I first got there. It was if you were if you worked for one guy, yeah, you were the enemy. Like no man, that's mm-hmm. like people didn't look at it like I didn't look at it the way I looked at it. I was I was being a company flag bearer one way or another. It wasn't I was out to prove a point one way or another. But uh, when I jumped over. I was just trying to be a team player again.
0: Yeah. And you, you didn't realize this. You were jumping into a political minefield too, because Bobby J had just fired me as the TRCW booker mm-hmm. and guys yeah. like Shane Madison and TJ Bratt to a degree. And, and kind of the re, the core group that had really gotten hot. They, we were all saying, Hey, we're going to start PCW. How did that feel? When you got to TRCW, you just get your feet wet. And then the guys are jumping to go to the other company. Yeah,
4: that that was a little bit that was a little bit off. But in my defense, I had uh I think we jumped over in the summer. Yeah, you guys that jumped over June. in late June. Yeah. Okay. October, I was uh, I I I was retiring. I thought my uh I thought my hip was absolutely screwed. I thought I was going to need surgery and everything. So, I uh had uh, retirement ceremony number one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's and over 20 years ago. 22 pal. years ago. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Wait, why a, am
2: I why very, am I laughing? Hold on a
4: second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many are you at now? Yeah.
2: Well, I, I never actually said I was retiring. I yes, just stopped you did. wrestling. <laughs> no, you didn't. One, you did. One retire. time I did. One time I did. No.
4: See, see, I think uh, for as much as people want to rib on me on it, I think that uh, Dalton, Ax, TJ, Brett, and uh, Madison have the record for the actual amount of uh, of retirement.
2: I retired in two thousand and nine. That's that, I do remember that one. I did say I was retiring then, and then I just Uh-oh. in 05, I stopped working. In 2013 I stopped working. In 2014 I stopped working. I just didn't say anything. I just stopped taking bookings. But yeah. Anyways, okay. I, hey, so I, 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 it's not I was retired. I said I was tired. So yeah, people keep uh, oh, getting that confused. Okay. I was tired. So October 2020. <laughs> or sorry,
0: 2001. You you announced your retiring hip injury. Then you come back to TRCW soon after because he needs guys bad when he lost a lot of the. No.
4: You're you're kind of forgetting something, uh, because I was out when PCW was starting. The same night that uh, there was, I got a phone call from you, Mike, uh, asking me to join PCW. Okay, and how did that call go? I, honestly, I, it is. Uh, I just remember you saying that you were starting up, yep. and you you were you were the, you were wondering if I'd be interested. Blah blah blah, and I I didn't give a yes or no or anything like that. Uh, but I do recall that as soon as I hung up with you, I, I, I think I had a couple of people over or something, and within 10 minutes, Andrew Shilkoff told me <laughs> and to, told me told me that you were starting up and asked if I was interested in coming back. And, you know, for a guy that was retired, all of a sudden I'm wanted by two companies. This is great.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what happened? Uh, you chose TRCW? Uh, yeah. Like, I would have never approved that,
2: by the way, Mike. At yeah, the no, t- at I,
0: I, I seem to... I, this is jogging my memory. I remember that Shellcross was a big fan <laughs> yeah. of... Because Shellcross was the one who went back and got JP Chaos on the roster. And I don't recall any of this. So yeah.
2: I, I probably wasn't even aware and, this and happened.
0: And you had veto power. Yeah. So that's why I say, Royce, refresh my memory. <laughs> so you chose TRCW in the process, though. Yeah, Yeah. And that was because, one, Bobby needed you so... And, like, I don't think you're afraid to take the underdog approach, right?
4: No, not at all. Like, again, it's one of those things that you consider a challenge sometimes. But uh, I think I think I did it kind of, like, out of loyalty to Bobby, too. You know, like, Bobby had uh, never really done anything bad to me. Really, mm. right? Like, I mean, Bobby's never done anything bad to anybody, really, if you think about it, right? Right. Uh, except for except Fire for Me. Fire yeah, Fire yeah. Me was bad.
0: He had no reason to do that. <laughs> Now he's, he's in Hawaii this week and he's going to hear this. He's going to be like, I need to come on the show for real me now. Up, me on now. He's eh? been calling, he's been calling Chris since we did dark side so- <laughs> DC's the Reese about John oh, new, and he wants to come on and clarify facts. So
4: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Every wow. time Bobby <laughs> J's name gets
4: mentioned on the show, we, he wants on. So, well, I went, I went back to Bobby and, uh, I'm, I'm glad I did for one major, major aspect is, uh, Bulldog. He brought in Davy Boy. He brought in Davy Boysmith. Smith. Yeah. Now, not not a lot of people knew this, but like when I was a kid watching TV, the British Bulldogs were my idols. I I was obsessed with them, and I kept bugging like, um, you guys were bringing in, you, you guys had brought in like Eddie and you guys had brought in uh, I think Buff and something like uh like you'd done the two shows right? Uh, no, we had done
0: we had that? done commencement with Eddie Honky and Beefcake, and we yep. were working on.
4: Uh, Boiling, Brett, Boiling, the Road
2: Warriors, and uh, yeah. Buff. Yeah, Davy Boy was May okay. of two
4: thousand and two. Yeah, oh, okay. Um, but I had I had made the suggestion one time. Of, or pardon me, Bobby had asked me about Carino and, uh, or you know, like some ECW guys and stuff like that. And uh, so of course, you know, I said, yeah, Carino for sure. And then uh, I I I jokingly had said, you know, Bulldogs. You know, Bulldogs is no longer uh, in WWE that and he uh, he fired back with. Jim Neidhart and I went no 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 no,
5: <laughs>
4: and then as luck would have it, Davey started taking uh, some random bookings to because he wanted to start teaming with Harry and be the first. Uh, he, like his goal was to get Harry good enough uh, so that they could go back to Vince together as like a father son tag team. And uh, yeah, he gave me the opportunity to work with Davey, and for that, I, you know, I can. I couldn't thank him enough.
0: Amazing. Um, I could go on and on. Like we could do four hours with you and we will do more hours with we'll, you.
2: We should make this a two, a two-parter. Yeah. We're going to get you back
0: yeah, in a couple okay. of weeks weeks. Absolutely. Uh, actually, hopefully your recovery continues to go well. But before you go today. I have one, one more question too. Okay. You go first okay. and then we're going to go down memory lane, but you go
2: first. Okay. I have actually have a two-part question for you, Royce. So okay. this is what people want to know. Are, are you, do you think that, the like you're done with the in ring component of professional wrestling. Uh, you know. Uh, I mean, you and I uh, talked about this
5: a little bit in the yeah, hospital, yeah, but
4: this is this is is My my thoughts have changed since you and I talked. Yeah, like um, at that stage, it was it was still hard, but I was like accepting the fact that if I was done, I was done.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um you know, but there there was hope that, you know, I could, I could still come back. Um, and as humbling as this is right now, it's like, I've, I'm, uh, shoot, how do I word this properly? Um, I think that I've got such a far road ahead of me just to get back to living a normal life that, um, you know, like, uh, me getting back in the ring in wrestling isn't even a uh, consideration at the moment.
2: I think that's a awesome response to that question. Yeah, healthy honestly. way to look at it. Yeah, and but let me ask you this as a kind of a part B of that question. If you were to write the perfect ending to your career, what would that look like?
4: Well, well um, I would say myself in a a storyline against Anderson Tyson Moore, basically as like a passing of the torch, good friends, better enemies type, type of thing. Because, uh, you know, I, I don't got much better chemistry with anybody than, than him. And, uh, yeah, that would, for me, that would be, you know, almost like the Brett Davey SummerSlam type thing, right? You have, you have the match where the passing of the torch and I could, I could see myself walking away from that
2: one. Could I request a total annihilation match?
4: Never in a million years.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What I was going to take, where I was
0: going to take the interview won't be as good as that. So (laughs) we're going to, that's a perfect ending note for part one of our talk with Robbie Royce. There will be a part two in the coming weeks. This was great. I hope you're doing well. And Uh I, I hope sharing your story I hope it helps with the clarity and and the emotional aspect of what you're going through.
4: All right. Well, thank you, guys. It yeah, was, man. Uh, really appreciate it. The pleasure. The pleasure sharing this. Thank you, guys. Thanks,
1: Thanks you. man. This is your She's Wrestling Event Center. We start in British Columbia, Friday, November seventeenth, three sixty-five. Pro Wrestling is in Victoria, Friday, November seventeenth. Glam Slam Wrestling is in Vancouver. Saturday, November 18th, Thrash Wrestling comes to Penticton. Saturday, November 18th, 365 Pro Wrestling comes to Richmond. We shift to Alberta. Friday, November 17th, Can-Am Wrestling is in Innisfail. And finally, in Manitoba, Thursday, November 16th, Tony Candelo Wrestling comes to Winnipeg. Friday, November 17th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite presents The Rumble to Remember in Winnipeg. Saturday, November 18th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in Morden. And finally, Sunday, November 19th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite returns to Dauphin. And that has been your B.C.'s Wrestling Event Center. When legendary promoter Tony Candelo runs a wrestling show in
0: Winnipeg, we need to stop the presses after the event center and talk to him directly. Tony, the show is called TCW, November to remember, Thursday night, November 16th at the Viscount Gort. Are tickets still available?
5: There's a few left. I uh, only have uh, approximately 15 tickets left.
0: Oh, hopefully people call you to get them. How would they get them? At the door, or do they have to call you?
5: No, they can get them at the door right now. Yep. What are uh, Who's on the show? Well, I got the people from Edmonton and Massive Damage, and I got the girls. I even forget their names now because <laughs> I don't have the book in front of me. But anyway, it's a hell of a card. It's, it's, it's ladies in Action, is called.
0: Ladies in Action. That's perfect. Not too many Winnipeg promoters book ladies, so although WPW does, but TCW is going to have ladies on the show. Um, what can people expect to see you come to the show?
5: What they expect, they're going to expect professional wrestling, it's called. And not too many promoters respect that word or the wrestlers. Uh, you're going to see professional wrestling at its best. That's what you're going to see.
0: As always, that's what people have been expecting from you for over 50 years. How many years? Oh, it's 51 now because last year was the 50th anniversary of Tony Candelo promoting. <laughs> I remember <laughs> these do, things.
5: I know you do. Where did the time went? I can't believe it. Yeah,
0: so this is going to be your, probably your last show in Winnipeg of 2023. Um, it's for charity. What charity are you aligned with?
5: It's something for a children with cancer or something like that. I forgot the name too. You have to excuse me, but I haven't got a book in front of me. I'm just uh, you, having you, some Chinese, Chinese food. I'm oh,
0: Chinese food. Oh, excellent. This is perfect. Um, I can tell you this. Team Brody Foundation. Team Brody Foundation. Perfect. That's excellent. Thank you, Chris, for finding that for us. So yeah, that's the one, yeah. one thing everybody can can rest assured when Tony Candelo, TCW, puts on a show, there's going to be professionals, they're going to respect professional wrestling and you're going and they're gonna have fun at the event. Absolutely, right, Tony?
5: You could say that hundred percent, my friend. That's what I'm there for.
0: Yeah. How much are tickets?
5: Thirty dollars for adults and twenty five dollars for kids.
0: And they can get them at the door, but there's probably only about fifteen left.
5: That's what I counted I thing. Fifteen or twenty. One of the two.
0: Okay, and we'll share the event on on our social media so people can see it on our social medias. And and Chris, you have something to add?
3: Yeah, a jewelry giveaway I'm seeing here on the poster as well as a wrestling action figure giveaway for fans. Oh, excellent, excellent. And who's on the poster?
5: I have a a guy that sells jewelry, and he's very good. He gives a a lot of stuff away for a door price or whatever. So you have to come down and get one.
3: Uh, On the poster, I see uh, Bobby Schink, I see Rob Stardom and uh, two folks
0: I'm not aware of. Massive damage, massive damage, and one of the ladies that are in action. That's right. Yes,
5: excellent. Tony, sorry, I got an I I got an Aboriginal wrestler there. Her name is uh, whatever it is. I forgot. She's incredible.
0: Excellent. Where's she? Where's she she from? She's from uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Okay. We'll, Well, we'll we'll share that on social media. Exactly what it is. We'll try to find out the card. And uh, just, I appreciate you taking the time. You didn't have any notice that we were going to call and put over your show, but we wanted to make sure that our listeners knew to get down to the Viscount Gort Thursday night, November 16th, TCW, November to remember it's a Tony Candelo production. It will be something else.
5: Thanks, Mike. I appreciate me talking to you. Uh, you were a hell of an answer, I'll tell you. <laughs> I think you beat Joe I, I you your Yellow.
0: You're far too kind. <laughs> Thank you, Tony.
5: Thanks a lot, and I hope you can make it to the matches.